Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Mama Lots Podcast. Um, in this go-around, I'm focusing on moms on the front lines. Um, today I get to catch up with one of my greatest friends and the pe- one, a person I love so, so, so much who um, I actually interviewed in earlier episodes, Toni Anderson. Um, hey! Um, she is brilliant and beautiful and insightful and so like spiritually grounded and connected and like this universal being whose like mission is to just really get people to their centered higher space (laughs) like what um and she's been doing such amazing work with youth um our next generation of leaders and i'm grateful because she's worked with mine uh for so long as well so um i am just hitting her up to see what she's up to and how um she is navigating this whole world and uh as we shift into this uh new understanding of being and what she's doing for our youth in this time welcome back tony Thank you for that amazing introduction. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, how are you doing? Oh, gosh. Uh, first, thank you for mm-hmm. having me back. Um, I love you. I love this. Please, <laughs> I love, love you, too. <laughs> I love the monologues. I love Mother's Milk. I love all things Mother. Mm. I am one. I came out of one. Yes. Um, we live on one. Mm. Yes, and uh, and the, the the thing that came up to me when you were when you were um, uh, <laughs> introducing me is uh, it's like what world? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what this world is right now. Mm. Yeah. Um, and and then for the first time, I'm really okay with that. Like I'm really good with us not understanding the world that we're living. That's so um, powerful because yeah. there's like it's ripe with opportunity then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that. Yeah. How is it um, being so, yes, you have a beautiful, wonderful daughter um, who is a whole solid 20 years old, dear Jesus. Um, where in the world is she and how is she doing, if you want to share? She, she has. So she, she is one of many young people who was beginning to explore the world of adulting and the world of colleging and staying in your upright in yourself and figuring out your path and what you want for yourself and really starting to discover what it's like to live under your own philosophies and beliefs and have for the first time the ability to kind of like play those out in your own way mm-hmm. and suddenly having all that shut down yeah. <laughs> And so um, she, like many across the country who were about to go into this launch of adulting are now suddenly back under um, what I would call a parental dictatorship. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> even, even though it is not that, that is what it feels like. And I imagine that at that age... Uh, that's exactly what it would feel like to me if I was 20 years old and having to suddenly have my life cut short and told I got to go back and live under these conditions uh, that not only had to go back but I had to go back and live like I can't leave <laughs> so, oh right um, right mm-hmm. so saying all that to say right now she came home we pulled her you know 
um, out of Arkansas by night, a fire, <laughs> and got her on a train and got her out just in time Oof. before the virus hit, and um, she's been back home, but under a careful review of where else might she be quarantined, where mm-hmm. her life could look a little bit more like it looked in her adulting world than coming back and living under the parental dictatorship so right currently she is with friends stowed away um they're all self-quarantined uh not leaving and committed to keeping themselves safe so right now that is where she is that's awesome that's that's a that's a win-win that is yeah that's awesome how's she been um i mean it sounds like she's making some good choices for herself um how else has she been I guess, coping or dealing with uh, the world at hand right now? Um, I think uh, she's been coping by um, uh, just staying as connected as she can, uh, making real good boundaries for herself. My daughter's an asthmatic and has been experiencing respiratory discomfort in her body since she was about six, seven months old. Mm and um, has experienced asthma and related conditions, you know, all her life. And uh, her main concern was, am I going to get this thing? Am I going to get this thing, you know? Yeah. How how am I going to survive? And uh, that's kind of driving her decisions right now, in fact, the reason she's over there is because our house is still, we still have essential employees in our house yeah. <laughs> who are leaving every day and kind of exposing us to stuff. So she's in a place where she can take less risk. But I think that's one is I'm noticing boundaries uh, that she's kind of calling people out who are not taking her health seriously mm. and how she might be experiencing this moment. And, um, including the boundary that is I decide that I'm going to live this quarantine out of the house mm-hmm. um, and under her conditions. Um, and I'm seeing the woman that really does not want to stop parenting and adulting herself. I'm looking at her kind of not, it's my job as a parent to not interpret that as a diminishment to my parenting, our love for each other, her love for me. Um, I have to really understand that this is an, uh, an emerging woman who is making decisions for her life. Yeah. And that is what I prepared her to do. And so that, that to me is what I'm looking at as how she's coping through this, is maintaining her sense of identity and where she is in like the arc of her life right now. Wow, that's powerful. That's very powerful. Um, how are you... Okay, nope, that's not the question. Um, so, um, moving into your world and what you do in the world, can you share with the listeners, I guess, kind of an overview, how you, um, interact with youth and how that, uh, tell us about your world. Who are you in the world? Oh God, who am I not in the world? But I will say that the, the thing that is most activated in this moment is the persona known as Mama Tony. Mm. And Mama Tony is very concerned about our youth, their experience and their, of this world, um, how they think and feel deeply about their place in the world and how we protect the dreams we tell them to have. 
and support the dreams we tell them to have and make space for who they are as whole beings um, and not just projections of all of our dreams but really allowing them to have complete and whole identities that have nothing to do with with us um, so my job is to really be a champion for that and to make space for that how I'm activated in this moment um, is connecting and using um our environmental awareness uh, to help us understand their true interconnectedness. Yeah. And um, for me, when these sorts of disruptions, climate change to me is a big disruption to, and it's a threat to the dream of a, of a young person. Um, so I want to draw attention to the things that act as huge shadow narratives or dominant narratives that act as thefts to what our youth are wanting to hold up for themselves we tell them to go have dreams and they are our future and then we give them a really shitty future to have to right. navigate right yeah. um, and so that's one big disruption so climate change and the disruption of that energy and what it taxes our youth to figure out so that they can secure their futures is one way but then here we are having this huge other environmental thing that is happening called a pandemic um, and my concern in this moment is to really be connected to how this is affecting them, um, to notice any, um, before we kind of give them homework packets, and we expect them to kind of just figure out how to continue learning online, and trying to make normal of this situation, that this is a situation where we might give them a lot of permission to kind of stop and really pause and really think about what is happening in this moment and what does it mean to my life and what does it mean to move forward from here yeah. and wanting to really be curious about as they were all leaving school, rather high school or college, what is happening in their bodies and their minds and their hearts and wanting to really make sure that I was offering myself up um, as a space to connect youth to each other who were having a shared identity and a shared experience right in this moment and how in the moment of social distancing um, this is the time that they need more connection than ever and at a time where their actual identities uh, their developmental selves in this time in their lives um, socializing uh, and social identity is, is how they shape themselves. It's how they figure out who they are. And now here we've taken it all away from them. And so how do we keep them connected? How do we keep them grounded? How do we keep them grounded in what they might be experiencing so that they know they're not alone um, and that their experience is, is supported and can be supported particularly through their peers yeah. and, and through the adults that I can cultivate to help support them? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so how would you then describe your superpower in this? Because you are using superpowers in, your, in this world, in this work. What is your superpower? superpower. <laughs> mm. I love that question. Um, oh. I always said that my superpower is to see, um, to see. Um, I think I'm a little bit of a, like, Miss Cleo. 
<laughs> Only like for real. If you know, you know, people. Don't need to go into explanations. If you right, know, you know. Right. If you know, you know. I would say not Miss Cleo then, because she was like, we later found out she was a total fraud. <laughs> um, I'm for real in that there's just a way that I have the ability to see a master web and a master design. Uh, that is both informed by our humanity and our divinity. And my ability to kind of see those pieces and put those puzzles together and make a way that is going to be accommodating and ready for what's what I see coming yeah. um, is what I think I'm good, I'm really good at is just uh, holding the high watch and preparing a space. I feel like Noah. That's a better yes. representation is the insanity of this man building this ark when there was no rain. Um, and how everyone thought he was just insane. And how he had to continue to hold the high watch and hold the position of what his higher consciousness knew was true versus the world of form that would tell him different. Mm. And I believe that's the metaphor of that entire story of Noah, not necessarily the flood and all of the promises mm -hmm. and rainbows that came after that, but the, the metaphor of knowing the, the wisdom of your truth and yes. knowing that even when others can't see it, others can't believe it, um, and then knowing that the storm is coming, that I have a boat that is prepared to withstand it. And that's the way I feel my superpower is that I just know how to build boats for the future. Yes. And whether or not people really understand the meaning of them in the moment, when moments like this happen, I feel like I am properly prepared. Oh, brilliant. Freaking brilliant. Um, uh, in slightly other direction, when you're doing this work, you put a lot of energy out into the world and um, as you are holding space and um, giving of your time and your energy to especially I mean not just youth I know you've held space for a lot of adults but especially the youth how do you then take care of yourself what does a routine look like has it shifted uh, over the last couple of weeks as far as like what is your daily routine look like when you are now off of because you're doing a lot of your work from home um but even still in your home what does that shift look like to just be then um i think one i noticed that because i live a life you know the environmental work that i do um and running the organization and doing all the things when that's your life of caregiving for planet and people when this happens i didn't feel like i noticed that i didn't feel a quick and immediate need to jump to action mm -hmm. i really felt the need to kind of throttle back again and normally my nature is to like oh we have a crisis let's go mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I noticed, one, that it was an invitation for me to kind of throttle back. And the gift of that is that there were so many other people active that I feel like a human solidarity mm. that allows me to suspend my lift a little bit and care about things that I may not, I may skip over 
because I'm always the one, right? Like right. me one. Mm -hmm. And now that that all of us are doing it, I actually feel like supported in in the vision for the future. And everyone's building a boat now. It's not yes. just my crazy ass. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> y'all, yeah, see, I told y'all, go build that boat. Now you're, <laughs> and now I feel like happy because I feel like there's company. And then, and, and then to answer directly, because of all of that, now my home is not just headquarters of more things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and really thinking of my space, because I always work from home. That's not new for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what I think it's doing now is it's it's making me feel more like I'm going to work, and then I'm going to live, and then I'm going to work, and then I'm going to live. And now I'm feeling like um, I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to focus all day on work and then push a little. Even in a home office, you push a little bit of life into what you call your work hours. And now I'm just allowing myself to feel um, more integrated. Even in the home office, you would think that's a given, and it's not. Mm -hmm. um, that I'm just more integrated, and I'm not as urgent. And I'm more measured in how I respond to the, the youth that I'm speaking with and how do then we start to decide what is ours to do within the scope of our work and our purpose and mission um, and making sure that we just take that slow and know that it's not on us to figure it out because we're not the only ones holding it. Right. Right. Okay. So um, with that, with all the work that you've been doing, that you are doing, what kind of support do you need? How can community best support you? Uh, the biggest, biggest desire, as I've been discussing it with my youth, is uh, uh, how do they stay inspired? How do they stay motivated? How do they stay connected? How do they stay um, academically on, on mission? Or on how do their brains not atrophy? Mm. And their motivations not atrophy? as they look at a world that is atrophying before yeah. their very eyes. Yeah. And so support for me is helping to keep them inspired. Okay. Um, and tutors that have time and to, if you want to hop on, if you have uh, mentoring, if you've got kids who are, um, you know, you've got energy to give to youth who are in college who, and you've got trig or sociology or psychology or chemistry or algebra and you've got time to spare or just sister I hear you brother I know um, if you're in a fraternity or a sorority and you want to connect to young people who are kind of going what the heck right now mm -hmm. and there's a network of people that can help them stay motivated to want the next step enough to keep fighting for it even when it looks dismal that's the sort of support that I would need and that helps me not have to be all things to them beautiful Okay, um, so there's organizations out there, um, there's so many, um, but I think I need you to highlight your organization. How can we find your org and uh, support you? Yes, um, so right now our project is, um, uh, we're actually, my youth that are actually environmentally focused, um, we're working on a project called Where I Stand, we're looking to get some masks uh, 
uh, emergency where we know that we're going to be moving toward a universal mask platform soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas right now, the masks are very thought about as frontline communities uh, or frontline workers. But now we know we need to shift to frontline communities and starting to think about where there already might be disparities in, in respiratory health within uh, marginalized communities, we consider that a frontline community. Mm. And we consider everybody, everyone needs masks at this point, particularly when we look at how um, the United States is behind in testing at a level um, that is on par with the rest of the world. Yeah. Uh, that we have a lot of people who are walking around positive and caring and don't know. Right. And, uh, and we're telling you know, for instance, if a woman is at a grocery store, she's a cashier at a, sto- a grocery store, and we're telling her she's not a frontline person, and she's exposed to 500 people moving through her line in a shift, and 20 of those people are positive and they're asymptomatic and don't know it, then mm. that cashier is now exposed and now contaminating other people and the groceries that she's touching. So why wouldn't she be considered a frontline worker? Right. And so the and 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 we know that moving to a universal um, usage of the mask means that uh, masks will be limited in quantity when they already supplies are already limited for the communities that they deem most um, urgently needing them: medical communities, first responders, and um, and so communities like ours are going to need them. And so we'd like to get ahead of that. We're looking for people who are interested in helping us produce. Uh, a large amount of uh, less disposable masks that mm-hmm. we can distribute to communities um, that may need them as we move to a more universal platform. Okay. Uh, so if you're interested in helping with supplies or funding or assembly or distribution, um, or you already are doing that work, please get connected to us, where I stand, Chicago.com. Okay. Uh, is one way to get in contact with us. Another way, to, and you can find where I stand, Chicago, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, and our direct webpage. You can send us an email at info at where I stand, Chicago.com. And that is the best way to get in contact with us. And that's the simplest way that I will not confuse everybody by all the things that I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. We'll, 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 do, we'll just work on this one for the moment. Exactly. <laughs> we'll be back with the others. Another episode. <laughs> so the first one, y'all. Y'all get all that other stuff. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Because uh, we were more in depth there. Um, so any final words to the people, for the people, of inspiration, of love, of light, whatever you want to share? Um, I would say uh, stay in curiosity and stay in the invitation to imagine what you think the emerging world is going to look like Hmm. Um, and to not be overly um, committed to trying to get the world to be exactly the way it was before this because we will never be the same and to rather than trying to squeeze the world back into what it was before this that we can imagine and give ourselves more possibility to to think about what might be versus what was yes Yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Miss Tony thank Anderson. You, Ida. Thank you, Miss yes. Ida. So I just, I can't, I just love you. I love you too. <laughs> and thanks for using all your power for good. Yay. <laughs> thank you for amplifying my power. I am very grateful for you. Yay. This is awesome. Until next time. Thanks for listening, y'all. Bye.
Peace. Peace.